0: Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back to another fun and exciting episode. We are going to be continuing on with our little series on game mechanics, um, branching out into a different area of that field, expanding on a different concept this week. Um, we had a really fun time enjoying or exploring the ideas of Death in Games on the previous week. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please do so because it was really fun to make and there's a lot of really interesting concepts that came out of it or just a us taking a deeper dive into where gaming has gone so far with that idea. But before we hop into today's episode, we always like to start it out by spreading some love and joy out there in the world. So is there anything this week that you would like to plug and, you know,
1: celebrate? I kind of got into my first Monster Hunter game.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So, I mean, that's something. um, (laughs) Like, I've tried World before, but like, I just couldn't get into it. But I downloaded the Monster Hunter Stories 2 demo
0: that came out. Stories is great.
1: And I really like it. It's different. Like, it's... I'm not blown away by it, but I really like it a lot. Maybe because it's different than, Mm. like, other RPGs I'm playing right now. But I like the rock, paper, scissors, like, battle system. And I like... I don't know, it's just, it's cute. It's yeah. different. I I like it. It kind of makes me want to explore more of, like, the Monster Hunter universe, I guess you could call it. It's it's
0: Monster Hunter the anime. And I think they did a really good job with this one as well. Like, World was a great way of introducing the rest of the world to Monster Hunter. Because, I mean, it's been a very, it's like, strong title for years. But it's big in the Asian market as compared yeah. to, you know, Western market. But... It's one of those that is kind of has like a like a difficulty gate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like World did a great job with that. And then stories now I think is going to be a great way of getting a younger audience into the main franchise. Like it's really smart because it is a very simplistic uh, game uh, comparatively to the other Monster Hunter games with like it's rock, paper, scissors mechanics, it's, you know, turn based combat. It's a little bit it's a lot more story based than, you know, the other titles are. Yeah. But it's getting you familiar with the monsters that you would be hunting when you finally decide to pick up one of the other titles, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll already have some of the common knowledge of like, oh, this monster, you know, kinda does more of these kind of attacks or whatever it may be. So it it's really I think it's a really genius way of Making that market even more accessible to more a uh, wider audience, so it's really clever. And the first Monster Hunter stories was actually really fun. I really enjoyed that one, <laughs> so I'm excited about this other one. It's very simple, but they're great.
1: Yeah, it's it's simple, but it's I don't know, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. I like
0: it. Yeah. What about this you? week? Oh man. Uh, Anime, 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 (laughs) anime. So I mean, okay, I hurt myself at work. Um, I'm okay, but you know, I've been kind of forced to stay off my feet for a little while, and I've been keeping up with editing, and you know, I kind of like been ahead of the game as far as that goes, which is nice. Like, I feel great being able to work on my own projects again. But I've also gotten lost (laughs) in the the rabbit hole of anime. And I start. I picked up Gurren Lagann because I haven't, you know, watched it. It was one of those that when I originally saw it, I kind of stayed away from it because of what appeared to be just too much fan service in mm-hmm. my mind. But after watching it, I just I fell in love that that anime is fantastic. The mech fights are beautifully done and the character arcs are just so amazing to me. There's so much depth to this show. that's only 27 episodes long. And they were able to comprise so much into it, like years and years of fighting and so much just like heart and spirit. Like that's the whole thing of this is just like internal spirit, right? Like when I was watching it, I just kept wanting to like get up and fight or like get up and work out or do something because like everything they say is so over the top, but it's inspiring in its own right. And such a great show. If you guys haven't watched it or just kind of stayed away because same reasons I did, maybe you're not a big fan of the fan service stuff, but look past it and just enjoy it. Like this is a visual like wonderland as for an anime, it's just so good. And now I really want to watch the two movies that it has attached to it because I guess it takes the it's the same storyline as the show, but it expands on them just a little bit more and it kind of mm. changes up some of the fights. And adds a little bit to them to make them more epic. So, yeah.
1: I want to see the changes
0: that they did, that's for sure.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that one not too long ago. And I always usually watch my anime, like, on my other screen while I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. And I remember actually, like, really getting into it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to focus watching this. Because, like you said, it's just... it's. It really surprised me, you know, it was different. It's not all fan service. Yeah, definitely not
0: all. It's only a little bit too, which is crazy. All the trailers and stuff fill it with it, but it's really not that bad. All right, so welcome to episode two of our series for game mechanics, taking a deeper dive and a deeper look into them. Today, or this week at least, we will be going over one of the most common mechanics used in gaming or at least i feel like it is it is growth leveling we're looking at the level up progression systems numbers Um, the numbers game baby some people like to min max some people like to just run through with it you know and most of these games if a game is balanced well enough You can just let that go in the background. You don't even have to think about it. And you'll level up as you need to to enjoy and beat the game. But for those out there that like the grind, that like to go into it and really pick apart those numbers, you're able to do that as well and get an enjoyable experience. So leveling is very interesting. But before we go into it, and there's different forms of it, different ways that you can get around it. Um i wanted to ask you are you more of a grind guy or are you got one of those go with the flow kind of person
1: i feel like even with the how games have gotten simpler in a sense Mm -hmm. i still grind I I noticed when I was playing through Grandia, like, at first I wasn't focusing on it. I was just kind of going with the flow. And then I found a spot where I'm like, oh, I could get a lot of experience this way. Mm-hmm. And I just started grinding and grinding and I was like like eight levels over like what most the guides were saying. Like, hey, you need to be this level. And I'm like, oh, well, I never have to read a guide because now I'm...
0: Yeah, You're way too powered. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah. I mean... I think it's just because I've played so many of the older RPGs, it's just, like, ingrained in me to always kind of level up an extra two and make sure, like, it feels comfortable. Right. What about you? I'm definitely a grand guy, for sure. Um,
0: There's so many times where I get lost in it, honestly. I mean... So for instance with the Final Fantasy 15, <laughs> whenever I found out that you didn't have to follow the main story and it wasn't linear anymore, I mm. just went out into a random field and kept finding the next area that had the most experience that I could potentially get out of it and then, you know, using that system that they put into it, which we can get into a little bit later, of how to kind of game game the system at least to get better experience or more experience. Mm-hmm. Um I ended up maxing out my characters In chapter, I think, chapter three. Oh, my God. And there's 12 chapters to this game. So after that, at that point, I was like, well, I guess I might as well just kind of see how it is. And, I, you know, I still had a really enjoyable time playing through the storyline itself. But it was, I mean, of course, it was easier because my characters were so beefed up. But it was still fun for me because that's my kind of game. Right. That's my style of playing. I I, I felt like I still got what I wanted to out of it because I would, and I still got the struggle because I had to go through, but my struggle was different, right? It wasn't struggling with the bosses and figuring that out. The struggle was me getting to a, a level in which I was like comfortable with just continuing on and then getting the story, right? And just absorbing the story and appreciating it for what it was. So I think I took away part of the element of the challenge to just enjoy the story that they were laying out in front of me.
1: I I like doing that, um for the most part because it's just it's nice, you know, like being able to just not have to worry about getting slaughtered. Yeah. And yeah, it does take away the challenge, but I mean they throw other challenges in there that regardless of levels, sometimes it could still trick you. You know, like if it's a boss with just status ailments and stuff like that, like, it's like they find ways to still kind of give you a little challenge.
0: Yeah. And those fights weren't easy still, regardless of the fact. But like you said, because they added in other bits and pieces that kind of throw off your game, right? Like you come in with a plan of like, okay, well, I'm. I think that's also like the double-edged sword of sword <laughs> <laughs> sword of com- sword of coming in um with uh, such a high power level is that you feel like you can just kind of hack and slash your way through it but then when they start throwing in things like you know like poison or slow spells and all that like it, it definitely makes it a little bit more difficult and throws you off your game and then you have to then come up with a new strategy on the spot which is great Just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to leveling up, right, I I feel like in a lot of people, a lot of research that I've done um, on this topic, it feels like there's two different types of leveling when it comes to gaming, right? There's the intrinsic or internal leveling systems or the extrinsic and external leveling systems. Now, Just saying that, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, what? (laughs) Right. So breaking that down a little bit further, the internal leveling system would be games like chess, Smash Brothers, fighting games. Those are the games in which the player is going to be leveling up their own skills. So you yourself become just a better player at these games, like with battle royales and things like that. You become better at shooting. You become more fluid with it. You learn the guns. They Nothing's really leveling up. Your stats aren't changing, but you're just becoming a better player through experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, we have the extrinsic or external style of leveling, which is kind of your more classic ones. It would be more like with your JRPGs and things like that, um, in which your player actually levels up up there's uh the stats of the characters that they are playing right. So yeah. we've all we've all seen this you know level up and you get like plus seven to attack, plus one to intelligence right. And a lot of those stats can get kind of like bogged down and you, most of the time you might not even pay attention to them. Like um for instance a game that's really perfect for uh external and we've mentioned the grind would be Pokemon right. Pokemon's a great game when it comes to leveling up and including the grind system of leveling where you just go through, walk back and forth in a field constantly to try and level up your Pokemon as as high as you can. And when you do, you get a lot of stat boosts and things like that that... I know as a kid, I didn't really pay attention to those. Now, with the newer games, you can have, you know, EVs and IVs and kind of really tweak the Pokemon stats to what you want and kind of make them to the fighter that you want them to be a little bit more specific in defense or attack based on their specialty moves and stuff like that, right? But back in the day, I know that those stats didn't really mean anything to me. The one thing I knew was can i one shot a character and how high does that level number say right like what, mm-hmm. what what was your experience for that like from the past to now those kind of things
1: um i mean yeah i think for me i always loved seeing that like it's just it feels rewarding i mean mm-hmm. looking at it it's kind of like a number system to me And seeing the stats go up every time you level is just kind of cool. And I think, you know, going beyond, like, Pokemon, kind of how people have evolved with that, it's interesting when, say, like, when I was playing through Grandia, and Mm -hmm. different weapons give you different stat boosts every time you level up that, you're skilling it, right? So swords Mm -hmm. give you, like, strength and... HP every time mm. you level up that skill. And then I like axes give strength and defense, or it, it's like that, where you get like two stat bonuses with each level of those on top of, you know, just when you level up. Right. And I still love it to this day. I mean, it's just, it's a cool feature. And it feels weird when games don't really either show you or, they make it less pronounced. Um, But yeah, I was, I've loved that ever since I remember Pokemon, I think was kind of like the first game where I really noticed it.
0: Right. Yeah. It is a much more like rewarding way of, uh, you know, giving the player something to go off of. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Um, It's just another value, another increase, like another reward system uh, to just kind of boost the overall experience, to make it more enjoyable for the players as they continue on their journey. Even if it is kind of like mundane or like simple, like it could just be even like a plus one, which might mean like, oh, now instead of your attacks doing, you know, 10 damage, now they have a chance of doing 11 damage. But seeing that number increase as you're playing on is definitely something to kind of keep you going in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it, it does almost nothing for your playstyle or for your overall like the difficulty of it i guess right yeah and it, it's it's interesting to see that and it, when i was looking at this and kind of like looking at this topic more and thinking about it external leveling is much more prominent in gaming and i think it's because we need that kind of reward system in place right like we a lot of games they still have a point system there but it doesn't really like do much i guess right yeah like uh like devil may cry right like you have it where at the end of each stage you get the stage clear you get your point bonuses all that fun stuff but it doesn't really like there's no real way of kind of breaking it down or really like fully understanding what's going on there right with these point systems at least with the point in- stat increases you get the fact that like you feel like you're getting stronger as you go uh, uh, go on your journey because you're seeing these numbers increase over time right it makes the grind and, worth it yeah Yeah, because you're getting little tiny rewards as you progress on to your bigger rewards of like defeating the boss or completing a chapter or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one game that does that very well is uh, Final Fantasy IX. Like you mentioned in Grandia as well, how each weapon gives you a different bonus increase to your stats whenever you level up, right? Yeah. Um, Depending on swords or axes or whatever it may be. But then in Final Fantasy IX, they have multiple systems of leveling up going on at the same exact time, right? Like your stats will increase as you level up. But then also what's going on in the background is that the equipment that you're wearing has skills that then level up. And they once they're leveled, um, then you can actually learn them forever and change out your equipment and then kind of balance your player based on the skills that you want them to have to be running in the background, whether it's something like Bird Killer where now your your player does bonus damage to flying enemies, you don't need that equipment attached anymore with that particular skill, you can change that to something more sh- like a uh, stronger for your player, but you can then have that skill active at all times if it's something that you actually want, right? And it's very clever and it's it's a way of taking that that system that like kind of point allocation there or like the I guess it wouldn't be point allocation because you're not the one actually allocating the points anywhere. It's the, just the stat increase, I guess, way of doing it and increasing it to increase the amount of rewards that you're getting while you're playing. And I think that's why I really feel like Final Fantasy IX is one of my favorite Final Fantasies to ever play. And it's because of the amount of rewards that you're getting while you're playing. It's not just once, you know, when you level up or you get like a new ability or whatever it may be, but almost like every other battle, something is leveling up, right? Whether yeah. it be a skill, your player character, whatever it may be, the loot that you're getting, right? Like you're constantly being rewarded for battling and going through this this grind because in those kind of games, you know, like the the speed of game slows down so much whenever you have battle systems like that in which you have to then go to a completely different screen you go through the battle you get your wards all that and then you come back into the world and then you're running around again right like it the the pacing is so weird there Like it, it, when you really like break it down like it's such a like okay we're going we're going going and then boom like here's a battle okay battle's done now okay now we go back to exploration phase right like there really isn't like a steady pace to that, especially when it comes to having like throwing in random battles and all that as well. So being constantly rewarded for these little interruptions while you're exploring definitely make the pacing a lot easier or something more manageable to deal with and actually makes it a much more enjoyable experience in the long run, in my opinion.
1: I agree. Um, I actually feel kind of the same way about Final Fantasy nine and I really loved how it had that system where you use a weapon or armor and you gain those skills. And it made me really want to try out different things. Mm Because in most RPGs, I just go for the strongest weapon until the next one pops up. But in there, Mm -hmm. it's like you kind of have to play around with different ones just to get different skills. And every time I got one, well, here I go grinding again to try and actually keep the skill you know like it actually made me enjoy the mm-hmm. grind because you do you you know you're going to get rewarded on top of just your average level which was cool and
0: yeah. yeah and it made it so that you weren't just going to the random armor shop or weapon shop and just picking out the strongest thing just because you know oh this is the the best equipment there right mm-hmm. every equipment had its own little extra to give you so you were okay with equipping the lower like the lower status equipment or like the the weaker ones in order to get those skill boosts later right and it's very clever and it allows the player to really customize their players and their their own progression as they go on and i think it's kind of like that style of play is really interesting to see especially in a jrpg where they're a lot more linear in the way that they're playing Right. Yeah. And I really enjoy the idea of like customizing your progression and like making it more along the way that you play. And I think that's why I think uh, another game that does that really well would be Dicey Dungeon, hmm. or anything like Slay the Spire or anything like that. Right, like those rug like card games where you progress by building your deck or building up the the abilities that you have to create more of like a synergistic style to how you're playing through that that run, right? Yeah. And it's I I find that a lot more interesting um in terms of gameplay and I it works better in I would say games like roguelites or, you know, like particularly Dicey Dungeon cuz I brought it up, but you're able to Like, okay, I'm going to play the thief this round. I want to do a poison build. Let me try and grab as many abilities that have to deal with poison or stacking that as much as possible. And as you're progressing, you're constantly making your abilities more fine-tuned to that style, to that that general way of like you want to play that run. And you feel like you're leveling up your own abilities in that way as well, customizing your own playthrough as you're going along, which is really cool to see. Um, And it's interesting that to have a JRPG kind of try that and to give the player a little bit more freedom when it comes to actually um, customizing their characters in that way. Because we don't really see that very often, unfortunately.
1: You really don't. Like it's I feel like you only really see it in those kind of like deck building games and barely even any roguelikes really have it. You know, it's, I think it's a really interesting system that I think if incorporated in your traditional, you know, external leveling system, I think it'd be really cool because you're right. It really does kind of play on both internal and external. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely
0: does. Cause you're depending on how you want to play that run, which would be the internal, right? Mm -hmm. It, you then gather your abilities your cards whatever it may be which would be your external um in order to customize your run or playthrough at that time which is really really interesting and i feel like it could be used more like uh final fantasy 10 i feel like kind of did that as well with the sphere grid and mm. the fact that they were all kind of intertwined right yeah. and able to you're able like you can get every character to learn like holy and flare and these really big magic skills, right? But you need the amount of skill or you need to be able to move around the sphere, right? And kind of customize it how you want. But I know that whenever I played through, I ended up getting like almost every ability on every character because, right? The grind, because you can do that eventually. Yeah. But I think in your first playthroughs of games like that, Once you start realizing like, oh, there's a lot more fluidity to the way that this level up system is working and they use the point allocation system quite brilliantly um, when it came to that, right? And in combination with the skill trees and things like that. So as you're moving along this path, like for those who aren't super familiar with skill trees and point allocations. I don't really know where you've been if you're listening to a gaming podcast. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but skill trees are a way in which or they're a bunch of abilities kind of mapped out on like a roadmap, right? And you need to unlock one ability in order to progress onto the next one. And in order to do that, you need certain types of, or you need some skill points or whatever it may be called at that time. Usually you get one skill point per level that you level up or some games do multiple depending on the game style and how vast their skill trees are, right? Mm -hmm. One very simple version of the skill tree that I think is really good to look at and really interesting to look at would be the Borderlands 2 skill tree. And I got really familiar with that one because I played a lot of that game. (laughs) But you're you're able... Because I love it. I mean, that game's great in general, right? I mean, who doesn't love a shooter? And it's goofy. It's like a comic book. It's fantastic. But then when you really look under the hood of this game, there's so much more to it, right? Like this is an actual RPG. You have such vast, like you have three different kind of classes for each character that you can dive into and you can allocate your skill points wherever you want. Now you do need to follow the skill tree path in order to unlock the new nodes after that. And then you start kind of creating interesting builds where you're mixing classes and dumping stats into different abilities to then cater to your own play style which would then again be more customizable progression which is a great like skill trees are a great way of creating the ability to customize a player's um, playthrough of a game right because they are able to then say well i like this skill better than this one so let me kind of dump more stats into that one instead of you know going down this path right um but there are so many games that do have skill trees that kind of give the illusion of being able to fully customize your character because eventually you're just going to get enough stat points to just fully dump into everything yeah and i think that's kind of what happened with with me at least with final fantasy 10 was at first, while I was playing the game, it felt like I was able to customize to the way that I wanted to fight and the way I wanted to do things. But then after a while, it was just like, well, it's really just linear, right? Like, you're just going to continue moving along this path, eventually, you're going to get this, it doesn't really matter, right? You're going to get those basic stat bonuses. So it's not like, it's not like you're really making a difference. It's just another way of unlocking those abilities where you kind of feel like you're doing it because you physically have to go into the sphere grid and move those stat points around instead of them just being saying, like, oh, unlocked new ability at this level, right? So it's it's kind of giving you the illusion of customization whenever it's not really there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember the second time I played through final fantasy 10 and I was thinking like, what if I made like the characters like a totally different kind of class. Right. So you make like Lulu focus on like skills that are not just Mm -hmm. black mage and stuff. And I thought like it was cool, but at the same time it's like in the end they're, they're still kind of stuck to like their original class, you know, like it's, it's supposed to be like that. Um, I mean, for me, like, skill trees, my first really big experience was it with WoW. You know, you had uh, your yeah. your spec trees, and, I mean, I thought it was really cool. I, I love skill trees in games, and Borderlands was another. Like, I remember thinking it was really cool how you can just switch it on the fly. Like, I remember, I think the penalty wasn't that much to reset. Like, it was, in the beginning, like, a, a low amount of money. So, it was kind of cool yeah. to play around with different skill trees, and, sometimes it almost felt like a different game depending on like which character you chose you know sometimes their skills are pretty different but Mm -hmm. i feel like in time skill trees have kind of i mean i think they're coming back but there was a point where you didn't really have that kind of customization like i remember when wow got rid of it and it was basically like oh you can pick between these two skills like When you reach, like, every five levels or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of newer RPGs, it was basically just streamlined. Like, you couldn't customize your skill tree. And I personally love it. I love having those options of just picking what I want. And I mean, I hate it when some games don't give you the full amount of points so you can't unlock everything. But I think it's a really awesome system that I really wish more games had, other than okay. just like MMOs.
0: Hey, everybody, just jumping in real quick. Uh, you know, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for continuing listening, and obviously you're enjoying it because you've reached the middle of our episode. Uh, but before we continue on, uh, we just wanted to remind you all that if you are truly enjoying what you're hearing, and you want to learn some more about us Uh, You can find us on uh, social medias, and we have links in our description, and you can find me and all the drawings that I'm doing on Instagram Uh, at Kieran, and that's K-E-U-R-A-N. What about you, Chris?
1: Uh, You can find me at SloppyCube on Instagram. That's Sloppy and Cube at the end of it. I do all retro games, or just games in general, so if that's your thing, check me out. You can also message me about ideas and anything because I love talking.
0: Yep. We both really enjoy talking, obviously, because we are recording a podcast. So (laughs) if if you want to join in the conversation, please reach out to us on the Discord. And let's get right back into this episode. Yeah, I agree. And... So with skill trees, we've been talking about when you level up, you gain points Mm -hmm. to then dump into your stats, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some games that kind of change that as well. Um, For instance, when you look at Devil May Cry, right? That actually is a skill tree system. It's just kind of laid out differently when you really think about it. Mm. And in order to get new abilities as you progress, you're using what you also use for currency, to buy items so you when you pick up souls um or the red orbs sorry i was thinking about demon souls for a second (laughs) but whenever you when you pick up the red orbs as you're playing along you actually that's your main currency for everything that's your currency for gaining items that's your currency for leveling up your character and the way that they do it is like in they kind of made the skill tree into like a shop in which you go through and you buy these abilities, right? So like, let's say you buy a stinger, which is an ability. It's just a forward thrust move, right? But what you can do later is you can buy an upgraded version of stinger, right? So that would be kind of like you're dumping a secondary stat point into that ability to make it a little bit stronger. But really, it's the same idea as if it was laid out in like a branching, you know, skill tree system as well uh just with all the stats available to you at one point in time they would just have different point system or point values allocated to them so of course like the higher value combos would then have a higher point sy- or like cost to them um but it's all kind of the same right it still is a skill tree in its own sense but it's using a different way of leveling up to its advantage right cuz there's no like experience points that you gain in Devil May Cry you don't level up so what how else would you then become better at it right and one interesting thing or interesting thing that it does as well is that it actually gives the player time to understand that combo and then incorporate it into the way that they fight right so when you unlock a new ability in Devil May Cry I think the natural instinct for everybody. Would be then to instantly start using it while you're fighting, because I mean you just bought the thing, right? So you exactly. can play with it. You gotta exactly. So whenever you're playing around with this new system, you then now incorporate it into your combos, which means that you are, you know, leveling up your internal uh, systems, right? Which means that you, your play, you yourself, the player, is becoming better at the game because you're becoming more fluid with this new, comp- more complex combo system. And then when you have enough currency, then you can now unlock a new like c- combo chain to add to what you were then doing before. So the way that they lay it out, it allows you to actually become better at the game as a player, um, even though there is n- isn't really a lot of external leveling going on. The only external would be you buying the new... Uh, skills or abilities to then chain into your combo, which make you better as a player because now you're learning these little nuances, these little timing things to make sure that they you're able to pull off these combos without a hitch, right? So it's it's very interesting to see how they, they incorporated that system into it where it's not just leveling up a character anymore, it's now using your currency and purchasing these new abilities to then, you know, get more fun things to play with i guess right because you don't really need to buy any of that crap yeah you can just go through and play the game as much as you want but if you want yeah so if you want to be more stylish with the way that you play then of course you're gonna buy new things to kind of just enhance all those abilities and whatnot
1: yeah i mean look at dark souls too i mean you use the souls as currency and it's like there you kind of you do have to spend the souls you know it's not like <clears throat> devil may cry where you know you could play the whole game basic without your skills it you just won't be as cool but mm-hmm. with dark souls it's like you actually kind of have to like really manage your souls and all of that and everything gets more expensive with every kind of like stat increase and i think it's a really interesting way of like management with that yeah yeah um, Thinking of a yeah. different way of leveling, I was going to ask, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on games like, say, Final Fantasy 2, where in order to level up your attributes, like, say, you have to take damage in order to level up your HP? Mm. Like, do you like those kind of systems? Like, say, if you hit somebody with a melee attack, your strength goes up, or magic is magic up, stuff like that.
0: I think the first game that I ran into that was Tactics. Fancy tactics, mm-hmm. and you know, like yes, you can game the system and just kind of sit in the back and have one player attacking one other character, your own character, and then have your healer heal them, right? So you're, you know, boosting your magic abilities and you're boosting the strength of another character and you're boosting the defense of the third one that's getting constantly hit. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's one way to kind of game the system, but I I'm not a huge fan of it to be honest. Um. I feel like I don't really know what style it's trying to push forward or what type of gameplay it's trying to push forward uh and it, it I find it really difficult to then like actually progress properly and it feels like I'm if like let's say one of your characters doesn't have like great movement right like specifically in a tactics game right and they kind of end up in the back which I feel like happens a lot with some of the characters mm-hmm. Like, you have your main frontline guys that run out there. They're obviously going to become stronger. Your support characters are going to become stronger because they're supporting the frontline guys. But then there's the ones in the middle that kind of, like, every once in a while will get the chance to level up and, you know, fight and get into the fray. But I'm not a big fan of that system, honestly. I, I feel like having it more in line with the later Final Fantasies in which after each battle you gain experience points off the battle like that that makes more sense to me because it creates more of like a balanced uh way of boosting all your characters rather than it just being like oh this one character is now way over leveled because you just you're ha- you're able to use them more than the other ones if that makes sense.
1: right i mean i appreciate the system because it- feels realistic in a sense because you know you take damage of course you're going to be like stronger eventually from it but like you said it is easy to the cheese it but i think you know because we haven't really seen it done like in a modern game i'm like trying to think if it would even really work out But, I mean, it's definitely... I think there's a
0: reason why we haven't. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, it's definitely a system I kind of still want to explore more. Because I didn't really get far in that game. Because I'm so used to leveling up and you get all your basic stats. And, like, it's easier to gauge, like, how well you're going to do in a new area. You know, it's like, in those games, what if you play it but you don't really grind per se? And you go into a new area and you just get wrecked. It's like, okay, how much do I really have to get hit to get enough HP and all that kind of stuff? It makes it, yeah. it throws an added difficulty in there, which I think when I played it originally, that's what turned me off of it.
0: I think you said it best whenever you said it was more realistic that way, right? Yeah. And I think one of the big problems with realistic systems is that they're, they are great right like darkest dungeon with the way it handles like the you know the psychotic breakdowns and you know alcoholism and all that Mm -hmm. stuff like it can be done really well but i feel like most players are playing for not realism right like they want that escapism they want to just kind of progress along their own story so adding in this extra bit of like It totally makes sense, right? Like, if you have someone out in the front line constantly attacking and swinging their sword, they're eventually going to become stronger and better at swinging their sword. That's just actual progression. That's just real life. But when it comes to gaming, like, having that extra bit of realism makes it really difficult to kind of enjoy the game long-term, in my opinion. I would like to kind of revisit some of those games that have that system and kind of see what they're doing, especially from like a designer perspective, and see like how that could be taken more into like modern day times and make it more feasible and enjoyable for players. But it is definitely a difficult way of handling things. So we've been talking a lot about like gaming systems and things like that. And I feel like I would be remorsed if I didn't bring up uh, some tabletop style of leveling up as well because I mean really all of this comes from tabletop and I think one of the biggest areas of that is Dungeons and Dragons right mm-hmm. uh, they do have originally like they only had the experience point style of leveling in their game where for every enemy that you beat then you gain a certain amount of experience and for some games that's really enjoyable especially if you're trying to create kind of like a dungeon crawling experience for your players but nowadays, especially with the, you know, the, the boom of how many, you know, actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcasts there are out there, people want more of a story-driven game. So one way that they kind of handled the progression style of it is they've created milestone progression systems. Hmm. And what this is is basically the, it's up to the DM's discretion. And really, it could be after every session. It could be after a a particular event. It could just be really anywhere which the DM feels like you have learned a life lesson for your player character. Then you level up, right? And you can have it where it's really up to however you guys want to play at the table, but you can have it where players level up individually. You can have it where they all level up together. It just kind of depends on what kind of story you're trying to weave and the pacing of it so do you want one character to be way overpowered because they just happen to love role play and get into it more or or and which works but at the same time you might be punishing those who aren't really big into character voices or are peeing as hard as the other player right so it, it's a tough one to balance for sure when it comes to milestone progression and i feel like maybe like after each session Giving them something is a good idea, it especially works whenever you're trying to tell a story in a podcast because you can level up your players quickly and give them new abilities and then throw bigger threats at them to keep this pacing of the story more interesting but it's it's one that's i feel like it works really well on tabletop. I can't think of a an example or a really good example at least of milestone progressions in gaming I'm not sure do do you have any or do you know of any
1: i I know I've played a few games that had it where say you reach a certain point and they like either give you like a skill that's like special Mm -hmm. at that point in the story or certain events will give you something different. But I can't really think of any because I mean, I don't really think it's given that often in in, like gaming, you know, it's it's a really cool concept. And I actually really wish that we would see it more like it would really, I think, advance some stories kind of well if you just kind of gave them something special for advancing to that point.
0: Yeah. I think it's different than, like, it, in games, I guess, in some games, like, you might get, like, a new weapon after a certain chapter, right? Or, like, defeating a boss. Now you have, like, the, the Demon Slayer sword or whatever it may be, yeah. right? Like, Like, you can kind of progress that way as well. Um, which I guess, in my opinion, that might work better for gaming or, like, in a video game setting. Yeah. But it would be interesting to find an actual video game that's purely based on milestone progression. But I guess it would have to be something a little bit more story-heavy as opposed to kind of, like, a ones that allow you to kind of go out and kind of grind away if you want to, right? Like, it would be it might feel a little bit like kind of like a railroady game where you're just kind of like on one track and you just go forward and see what happens. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting system that I think can definitely be explored a little bit more. There's one game out there and it's a, it's a game that I feel like a lot of people are talking about right now because it's so good, but it's a franchise that's been around for a while and I absolutely love it. But Ratchet and Clank, man, that game takes every single like level progression system and throws it all into one beautiful game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this was your first time playing through a Ratchet & Clank game, but how did you feel about while you're playing it? May- maybe with what we do here at the podcast and kind of overanalyzing games, you had like a different way of looking at it. or Because like, I know whenever I played those games... It's so much fun to see, like, as you're playing, it's like, oh, cool, my, I leveled up, my, and I'm getting better at, more comfortable playing this game, and then at the same time, each one of my weapons are leveling up. Like, everything has its own little abilities. Everything's getting stronger on its own, but at the same time, we're all becoming stronger at the same time.
1: Like, it's just a pure, like, reward fest. So what what was your opinion on it? So for me, when I played those kind of games in the past like you know other like 3d adventure games i never really expected like levels it's more so just like you know collect 100 fruit and then you gain a new life and that's really it Mm -hmm. so when i realized like oh i'm leveling up my weapons the more i use them and then it unlocks more skills to make those weapons stronger it actually made me really like the game more i feel like if the game didn't have that leveling aspect to it I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much like it was a fun game Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it was cool but being able to like kind of make my weapons really strong and just goof around on it it was really it was fun I mean your main level like yeah you just gain an extra 10 health which is cool and all but I was really surprised by the whole skill leveling like with weapons and. I think it'd be really fun to look back at some of those other like 3D action games or platformers and see that system. Because if more games, like I'm a sucker for leveling things up. And if a game is not like a typical JRPG where it's like something like this, but incorporates that system, I love it. Like I'm all over it. You know, shooters that have a leveling system like this and it's just... It's cool seeing genres have that added system in it. And with a game like this, it just worked mm-hmm. really well. I agree. And another beautiful thing that it did,
0: in my opinion, was that it forces you to explore the maps that they've created because they put a lot of work into these levels. And like the new Ratchet and Clank game looks so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Every level is just so well designed. Everything just intertwines so well. And in order to actually boot, like go through the skill trees of the weapons, you need to pick up what what's it called? It's um, bolts, ratium. Oh, yeah, the raritanium, raritanium. And the raritanium, you actually find it on the map, so there's little like clumps of it. So it's kind of cool how it set that up where instead of as you level up, you just get more raritanium. You actually have to go out and find it. So it forces you to then explore these beautiful maps that they've created and just kind of get an appreciation for how well planned and thought out these worlds actually are mm-hmm. um, in order to then level up your weapons and you become stronger as you're playing through. So it's it's really clever. They they really, I don't know, they're, the way they design these games is just so smart, so, so good.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was fun because it's like leveling up your weapons to unlock the skills and then using those to actually buy it. It it really added to it. And I loved exploring those stages like it was it was really cool. Uh, it was a nice mm-hmm. touch. It's a good way of getting people to actually like walk around your world other than just going on that straight path to the story.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, One last thought for you. Yeah. Do you hate it as much as I do when say like I guess the old Pokemon games had this, but a lot of other older RPGs have it where if the characters are not in your like active party, they yeah. don't get the experience.
0: Yeah, I I think okay. When I was younger it kind of annoyed me, but I just said, Oh well, I guess I have to play more, mm-hmm. right? Now it really bugs me because I just don't have time to do that crap anymore. Like there, I remember, I can't remember which, I guess it was Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Where it really started bugging me. It was the, probably like the fucking 30th time that I played through this game. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to just play through it. And I think it was right before the remake came out. Because I wanted to just, you know, get back into that nostalgia mindset. Yeah. So I was playing through, and then I remember, like, oh, fuck. Like, I remember what I did when I was younger was that, like, I just picked three and I just stuck with them, right? Yep. And I feel like those kind of games, when they set up level systems like that, you just pick the same one, your main party, and you just stick with it. And then, like, knowing, you know, spoilers that, you know, Aerith dies and all that, I'd never even had her in my party. I didn't even bother I was like, well, what's the point? Whenever she's just gonna go away. So I just I got the same three characters. It was just Cloud, Tifa, and Red Thirteen. That was my party, and that was it. I just ran with those characters the entire way through. Never stopped playing with those characters. I think I switched out Tifa for Yuffie at one point in my last playthrough, and then just stuck with it because I wanted Yuffie's extra speed boost so that I would always go first. Right. Like interesting. So you pick I, Red. I. Oh, uh, I love red. No matter what, I always pick I don't red. Think I never really used red. I I don't know why, but it's always I've always 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 loved red, and he's always been in my party. Even whenever I first played that game, like there's just something that drew me to that character, and maybe it was the fact that they went into so much more detail about his backstory than I felt like some of the other characters. Mm. Like, you even have that whole scene in Cosmo Canyon weeding his grandfather. Like, it was just a really big ordeal, and I just got more attached to Red Thirteen. Interesting. For sure. So, I don't know. it, But when it comes back to that system, that idea of if they're not in your immediate party, they don't get any experience, I personally hate it. I really do. It, it really bugs me for uh, time management, at least, and really enjoying the game. And then whenever those RPGs come in where it's like, Okay, great. Now we're splitting the party. Well it's oh, like, oh shit. On. Like I haven't played with these characters. They're so underleveled. Now like half of this game is now gonna be super fucking hard for no reason, whenever it could have just been a little bit easier that way. Like I think um Final Fantasy thirteen did it where even your like your characters get the skill points too, right? Hmm. Like I think you can boost I forgot which one I was playing. Maybe it wasn't 13. But I played a game in which, like, your characters might not, like, level up, but they also... Everybody got skill points. So you can enhance their skill trees so they get better abilities, which makes the grind a little easier while you're playing it, which was a fun way of handling that system. It still didn't work perfectly because, I mean, they're not, like, super leveled. But, yeah. And then, I mean, when it comes to Pokemon, the EXP alls, it's great, but then they had it where... Like, it was kind of diminished, right? As far as oh, who got experience. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, that works. But then you start thinking about, like, what order do I want them to be in? And then, of course, you have your number one who gets the most experience. And you end up sticking with him all the way through. And, yeah, I don't know. it just, it's hard. That's a hard system to make work.
1: Yeah. it When you're talking about, like, with the splits, I'm just thinking about Final Fantasy VI. And there's, like, certain parts where you have to split your party in three. And it's like, okay, like I focused on like four main characters, right? And now I'm being thrown in there to use characters like I've almost never used. So I had to pair one of my strong ones and then the rest are the weak. And I mean, the one thing I do like, it's kind of cool because then they all level up really fast and you see a lot more numbers and I love that. But yeah, it's scary. I remember there was a few times in Six where it's like, literally the only person surviving the battle was that one strong person and I was like, yeah, god damn constantly it. but yeah it's it's a feature that i'm i'm growing to not hate as much but it's it's still annoying
0: i appreciate it for the realism but it makes it really hard when you're trying to manage your time
1: yeah and you only have like oh i,
0: ha- I got a couple hours to kill Let me pop in this game real quick, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, shit. Or they force (laughs) that that one character
1: to fight, and it's like, okay, I haven't used this character at all. Like, screw you.
0: Yeah. You just let them KO on the side, and you just beat them with the other characters. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Been there way too many times. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, This has been our second installment in our adventure into game mechanics And I hope you guys have been enjoying this little series so far. Uh, We got a couple more episodes lined up for you as well. So be on the lookout for those. We are uh, really excited about this new type of like kind of season or episodic way of doing things where we take a concept and boil it down over a couple episodes just to really dive into it much or on a much higher level, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you guys once again for listening. Um, remember if you like it share it with a friend share it with a buddy Um, don't forget to rate and review please because it definitely helps out a lot and really just rate and review any podcast that you listen to give them that support because it helps them out um, in order to be found by other people and that way we can kind of expand the community that much further Um, but yeah with that thank you guys so much for listening and uh Bye. bye